Today on The Pastors, since the overturning of Roe v. Wade on June 24, 2022, famed advocates for pro-life are now experiencing extreme pleasure as outspoken advocates for pro-choice are currently undergoing intense pressure. But who is suffering the most? The answer is simple. The women who have the painstaking task of choosing either the life or death of their unborn child. How are these women in crisis going to decide? Are supporters more focused on broadcasting their beliefs than on the women who face the daunting decision of whether to abort their babies or not? Pregnant women and those who will become pregnant don't have all the answers they're searching for as they desperately fight the tormenting thoughts that accompany giving birth and aborting their babies. As a community, can we help? Coming up right now on The Pastors. Welcome to the pastors. Thank you so much for joining us. And let me begin by saying that we are here to help you think through very stressful moments in your life before you make your final decision. You know, we're going to do our best to pack in as much information as we can during this one hour show. We will also provide free complimentary pro bono donated or otherwise very affordable real life solutions for you and your life situations by reputable companies and organizations. And you'll hear more about that at the end of the show. So again, welcome to the pastors. And today we're going to deal with a very, very important topic. And it's one that has actually taken the country by storm, especially recently with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And so we're talking today about abortion and the deciding factors concerning abortion. Now, I want to start, Pastor Nikki, with you as pastors. Of course, we deal with Christians and we also deal with non-Christians. They are Christians who have had abortions and they're feeling guilty and they're even experiencing some traumatic moments in their lives, some psychological episodes. So Pastor Nikki, please share. I think, you know, when we are starting to talk about this whole topic of abortion, you know, Paul says that um, I've not stopped from telling the whole counsel of God, you know? And of course, abortion is part of the whole counsel of God. Wow, right, <laughs> what wow. his thought is. And, and I was thinking, when, when is the last time in the church or anywhere that I preached on abortion in the sense of what is God's view, God's thought, or, mm. or in a sense of what we're supposed to? And I realized that myself, I don't think I've ever done it, right, right. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then I was thinking as a church at large, you know, of course there are churches and of course there are uh, pastors who are probably uh, really more in tune to this and, and, but I've never, and the people that maybe I'm around, 
probably have never focused on uh, really preparing the church, preparing the people. Right. We have some kind of biblical truth, understanding um, of what it is, how we're supposed to respond to it, um, and, and things like that. And so I actually felt a little bit guilty. I felt a little bit ashamed that all this time that we have never taken that time to really educate the people in the word of God. Right. Now, that does, you know, of course we have some thoughts and of course we understand, but we've never taken that time to actually educate. And then church as large, and again, that doesn't mean 100% of the churches. Right. Of course there are churches quite active and things of that. But for some reason I've never focused on it. Um, and I'm sure there are other pastors who probably never focused on it because maybe out of ignorance, they don't know how to respond. Right. You right. Know? And that's part, I think one of the, the reasons for this show is to help people to kind of think through that process. Right, you know? right. And then us as a church, I, I think we have failed greatly right. yeah. in uh, offering proper response to abortion. You know, mm, wow. um, uh, uh, because some some people have done it yeah. um, ignorantly. Some people are because of pressure. There are different different ways, but but the importance is how do we respond to it? Mm. You know, um, and and some have already done it. What do we do? Right. How do we find a path that's actually um, that is freeing? That that is actually in a place where we can still um, know that hey, God has a purpose. <laughs> you know. And, and so overall, I think as a church, I feel like uh, I can't speak on behalf of every church and every pastor, but at large, I think we can see as pastors that I think maybe we have failed to offer that kind of support to people in the way that is helpful. I love the fact that you said, and we could be honest, you know, the church has failed. Mm. You know, we are the place of hope. Now, I want to ask Pastor Glover, you 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 spoke about two of the go-to influencers mm. that we have all struggled with yeah and i also want you to talk about two other influencers that are actually stronger so first i'll address the 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 obvious you know one of the um objections that society has as, as, as we are four men um, who have by many been expelled from the conversation of talking about abortion, um, but empathy and compassion exist because we are different mm -hmm. and we're the same. Right. So, so while, while we're not physically women, we, 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 um, we empathize with the, the abortion and two things that I found um, two forces that I found when I have aborted anything, I, I heavily considered uh, fear and convenience or wow. inconvenience. Yeah. Um, that was the guiding light, and, and they're not supposed to be a guiding light. Say that life. again. Fear, fear and, and convenience. convenience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when when that's your guiding light, you find yourself in a in a place where you um, retreat from something that could be glorious that could be a feeling, fulfilling in your life. Um, and so I found on the other side of it where there's a language um, or a mindset, if, yeah. if you, where there's a language of, of love um, and support. Mm. And support denotes sacrifice as well. Right. But where there's love and there's support, um, it, it's, it's more of a compelling force to kind of follow through 
with with uh, a difficult thing, what, right. what may not be a, an, an easy thing. Um, so you know, love, support. I think of you know, the word says that that perfect love, a perfect love expression, cast out fear. Right. It expels fear. It extinguishes the the uh, the effects and what we how we would uh, respond out of fear. A perfect perfect love. Now I want to jump in. Cast that out. Go ahead. How do we show perfect love to a young girl? who is pregnant yeah. and she has no clue what to do. Not even saying that she wants to have an abortion, yeah. but at this point, I don't know what to do. I'm pregnant, I didn't plan on getting pregnant. Absolutely. So how does the community show love to her? Absolutely. Well, you said the word right there, uh, the father instituted uh, systems in the earth that we're supposed to support. Uh, community being one of those systems, the church being another, family being another. Um, friends being another, and uh, a lot of times, because people, even the church, as you as you just said, the church a lot of times observes the inconvenience associated with dealing and, and walking a young a young woman through a difficult decision. You know, reality is is that mm. for many, being pregnant is, is terrifying. Right. And and abortion. Another reality of abortion is that it's traumatic, as Nikki said earlier. Right. So to observe the, the, the total health and the total well-being of a person. You know, the, the word says in Romans 13 that, um, and I don't expect everyone to, to observe the kingdom way, but, but, but at least consider this, that perfect love um, does no harm. The, the goal is, to, is to, to do no harm. And so I think that to advise a person to, to abort, it doesn't consider the whole person. Because there wait, is a wait, harm. Wait, you can't just go That's, over. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Say that again. To advise, mm. to advise a, a abortion, it, it, it's not a, a solution that, that does no harm. There is a residue. And then in all fairness, to advise even keeping yeah. the baby yeah. doesn't look at, at the whole person. Yeah. Yeah. So that love is let's talk about let's everything. Let's talk about everything. Absolutely. And, and so I think in the, where there is a... Uh, a language of, again, love, one of support, one of uh, an assurance, one of hope, one that says, how can I support you um, in observing a, uh, mm. life? Because when we talk about a life, we're, just talk, we're not just talking about the physical life. We're not talking about the physical health of the, of, the, of the individual, even though that's one. There's psychological health, there's emotional health, there's spiritual health. And these things are things that are affected you know, with the women that I've spoken to, um, there's a there's a lasting effect and an imprint um, that, that goes with that. So I think I think it's something that um, that really needs to be considered before we summarily say, you know, do this and, and, and this is better. I think um, the church community, the part that loves, the part that supports, right. the part that is ready to sacrifice should say, um, how can I support? How can I help? How can I be here for you? And that I'm willing to do so, you know. Um, that willingness will, I think, ignite a certain kind of a hope that will not, that will lessen the appeal of an abortion. Because we have to ask ourselves, how did that option become appealing? And where's the appeal of it? And I would think that there's a loneliness or a sense that I'm gonna to have to shoulder this responsibility by myself. By myself, yeah. wow. Yeah. Now, Pastor Brian, just piggybacking, off of what Pastor Glover said, what type of support is literally vital? I mean, 
these young girls, they, they can't, or even if they're a little older, they literally need types of support. So what type of support is literally vital for them who simply feel that they have no hope once they realize I'm pregnant and they literally have no clue what to do next? Oh, everybody on the panel has, has already discussed the importance of the church coming along beside and and Pastor Nikki had said that we failed and we have. Um, men may know that you're my disciples by your love, by your love. and love is That's demonstrated. That's what Jesus said, yeah. Um, and the Bible also says in Galatians chapter six that if you see someone overtaken in something or overtaken in a fault or whatever yeah. it may be, to go to them and restore them in meekness. Yes. And I think that one of the vital keys is, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of coming along beside someone mm. and putting your arms around them and saying, I'm here. Mm. And the church is really proficient in saying, I love you. Right. But we have failed miserably by demonstrating I love mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. How do you demonstrate it to well, a young girl? And you know, it's it's been said in the media and we've we've all heard it or probably we've heard it that much of the church and much of the world that is classified as pro-life are really pro-birth and not pro-life. They mm. don't want the baby to lose their life, but they're not willing to take the necessary steps in coming along beside wow. the person, wow. whether it be financially mm. or whether it be an assurance. Sometimes it's just good knowing somebody is there with you through the process. That's right. And that, That's could, right. that can mean going to the doctor with you. That can mean providing stability or homes or there's so many avenues. But I think that the church is the place of restoration and hope, Jesus said. And that's mm. what he taught. That's the principles wow, wow, that Jesus wow, taught. Wow, wow, wow. So in order for that young girl, number one, who's scared to death, like Pastor Glover was saying, right. being a parent is one of the scariest things because you know, you really don't know all the things to do. You don't know everything that, that is ahead of you. And I think that it, this is a place that the church can come in alongside with, in front of, and behind, right. and be a covering on so many different levels um, to let that person know that I am here and be consistent in your walk. Go to them in meekness. What about family and friends, even outside of the church? Oh, family absolutely. Family and friends, what, what can they do? to show that young girl support? Well, again, it's, it's just, it's having a community of friends, like Pastor was saying, that speaks life into you and, and walks with you to help you. It could be helping make decisions on things. Um, just having, I can't express the utmost importance of providing community right. to, yes, to right. people who feel that there are no other options. And I think that probably along the way through the years, if, if people, family, friends, community, churches, if we would have undergirded and provided more support mm -hmm. in those areas, there would probably be a lot different mentality well, than where we are right now. Absolutely. That is perfect. That's perfect. Now, when we come back from break, wow. Beautiful, I want us to tackle this. What if a lady is raped by someone she doesn't know and gets pregnant? We'll be back after this. Do you struggle with the decision you made when you were pregnant? Maybe you felt like you had no choice. Maybe you were pressured by your partner, your friend, your parents. The timing wasn't right, or you didn't think you could afford it. 
Or you had plans for your future and a baby wasn't part of those plans yet. You thought abortion was the best decision at that moment in your life. That feeling of sadness and regret, even guilt, has been hard to overcome. You are not alone. Whether your abortion was last week, last year, or 10 years ago, many women experience grief and regret. It can feel overwhelming and isolating. Sadness, anger, loneliness, and denial are all common emotional side effects of abortion. The aftermath of abortion can even take a toll on your relationships. Are you tired of being confronted with the pain of your past abortion over and over again? Did you know you can experience freedom from the pain you've been carrying? There is peace. You are not defined by the regret of your past choices. We are here to help and support you at your own pace and tailored to your unique journey. You are beautiful. Don't let another day go by. You have a hope-filled future ahead of you. When it comes to the issue of abortion, it has become uh, America's holocaust. I come from a generation where at least a third of my generation isn't here because of abortion. And for me, that's just unconscionable. And I can't live in a society where millions upon millions of my fellow American citizens are not here. Our research found that four out of every 10 women who has had an abortion was actively going to church at the time of her abortion. And the reality is that when it comes to the abortion issue and the life issue, the church has not really been using that transformative power that it has around this issue. This is a tool that will help mobilize the church. Most pastors I know are concerned about the well-being of people in their church as well as outside of their church. Well, we need to be as equally concerned about the, the life in the womb. And so uh, because it's an issue of life, and God is the author of life, that we must be in life-related issues. When I was pregnant at 17, I went to our local OBGYN, and if I had a life disciple at 17, I would have chosen life instead of abortion. So the Bible is clear that God has authored life, He sustains life, and His goal is that we might have abundant life that Jesus Christ offers. And of course, the church is the best place to offer all of it. Our goal with this curriculum is for people who will be trained as life disciples and who have an opportunity to meet with people who are facing a pregnancy decision, I mean, people who have before them life or death. Our hope and our prayer is that you will help them choose life. Welcome back to The Pastors. I really, really, really hope you're being informed and you're enjoying this discussion. Now, before we go on break, I said that we're going to now discuss what if a lady is raped by someone she doesn't know? Mm. 
sometimes it's somebody that she does know and the result is pregnancy I just open that up for whomever we know that the Bible says that the thief comes to steal kill and destroy right you know and and so that happens of course various ways you know uh, and of course rape is one of those ways that should not happen to anybody mm -hmm. right um, but also we need to understand some thought process of the Bible you know uh, it says in Jeremiah chapter number one verse five it says before I formed you I knew you I knew you that's right you know and I kind of liken that to something like this you know sometimes when we are driving through our city we see all these billboards and stuff like that where there's an empty land and that, that billboard will have some kind of pictures you know it will have a building with some kind of parking lot two cars and you know and it's actually like a, just a picture of what they're going to construct right on that land right you know? and so whenever you go through a city and any building that you see it's proof that somewhere there was a plan. <laughs> well, that's good. Somewhere there was some kind of blueprint. And matter of mm -hmm. fact, you can go to the city office and get a blueprint for that building that was up. And so I always believe as we look at the scripture that um, when somebody is born, like you and me, it's proof that God had a plan somewhere. God had a blueprint somewhere. In the same manner, I think when conception is there, when, when there is a sense of someone getting pregnant, it's proof that there is a plan somewhere. <laughs> of course, somewhere we mean with God. Right. And so however way it happened, although that's not the best way and that's not the, well, well that's not the best way, uh, but the fact that God allowed it, okay, the fact that the system that God put in worked for that, for the plan to be released, you know, I think uh, we need to realize that, hey, this thing started with God. And so although the, the incidence of rape, of course, did not start with God, but there is pregnancy, then listen, God has a way of making now to go from A to B in that tragic situation. I'm glad you said like that, you know. because some, some people would say, and some people have blamed God. Mm. Right. God allowed this to happen to mm. me. But what you're saying is, of course, God did not institute, he did not tell that person or make that person yes, rape you, but God is the giver of all life. Right. Whether it is accidental, unwanted, he's still the giver of life. That's it. And I think we need to look at it in the sense of, um, uh, hey, I get the privilege of hosting the plan of God. Wow. You know, I get to, uh, you know, and, and, and it might not be the way that I want it, but for us believers, we also need to understand that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right. right? And so if somebody invaded, not quote, quote, my body, but the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So definitely God knows how to deal with this. Yes. In a proper way, you know. And, and, and so as tragic and as traumatic, I say the drama and the trauma of things. Absolutely. Um, uh, there is help from God. Right. And I think we can pull on the wisdom of God to, to what to do in that kind of situation, to um, really look at what does God have in mind for this. Right. You know, rather than going with fear and inconvenience, yeah. uh, you know, and, and just birthing another something, right. you know, that's going to keep having problems in our life. What can a pregnant girl expect God personally to do for her? 
Well, first of all, you know, I think any kind of trauma that you have, nobody can help. Right. Right. It doesn't matter how many support groups you go to. It doesn't matter how much. Only God can bring healing and wholeness mm. Mm. to those trauma mm. and, and, and drama in our wow. life. You know, and so if it happened that the best person I know to pull on is God, right, right, because right. The, He created, and so He's the one who can heal us and bring wholeness from us, external, internal to externally, where the all the other people and the support groups can be that environment where it can happen in, you know, and so I think it, it's it's helping people always connect to God to bring that kind of internal wholeness right you know and so whether they choose abortion or whether they choose to walk either way it's traumatic right. and so might as well uh, you know someone says uh, the other, yesterday we were at a conference they were talking about uh, money and there somebody made a statement he says you know what being poor is hard Right. And being prosperous is hard. Right. So choose your heart. Choose your <laughs> heart. Right. You know? yeah. And so both are hard. Right. You know, but, but, but abortion is hard. Going with this also is hard. But I would say choose God. Yeah. Right. Choose life. You know mm. why? Because there is so much more help. Why? Because there is so much potential of God turning a bad into something right. that's a trophy of His grace. You know? Yeah. I'm glad you said yeah. that because there is a very famous singer that I know who, if, if I said his name, you, you would more than likely know this singer. And his mother didn't know she was pregnant until she was in her third trimester. And her mother said, to, and she was going to get an abortion. She went to get the abortion. And they said, you're too far gone. This was years, years, years ago, decades ago. And her mother said to her, have the baby. I'll take care of the baby. We would have never received the gift of this individual's voice and music. Yeah. So it's very important for us to understand it's not just who we're carrying, but what we're right. carrying as well. And I know we say we, and, and I understand we're men and being men, even as Pastor Glover said, some people say, listen, we, we already count you out because you don't know what we're going through. I understand, but at the same time, we believe what has been said. It's traumatic. We believe that there are a lot of tears. There are people talking about you. We believe it. So we understand. We can't understand experientially, but we can understand because we do believe. Now, Pastor Brian, I, I've heard people say that the church at large, the church at large says, well, listen, just come to us and we will help you. And they come to church and then you have people in the church who treat them a particular way. And then they leave. What is your advice to those who may be watching, who will say, you know what? I don't have a church community around me, but I don't want to be judged. What would you say to that individual? That's a very good question because I think that in any walk of life, uh, any group of people, there's a subject of judgment. Right. Um, so I think that sometimes it's a matter of getting past that with the even the thought of um, 
of being judged. But I think, I mean, this is this program is is a call not only to to us and women who are considering abortion or not considering abortion, but to me, this is totally a call to the church, the body of Christ. You know, you don't go to a church. We are the church. Right. And so I th- this should be a call to the church to begin to prepare and begin, as Pastor Nikki was saying, to train our leadership and to train our congregations to be at a place and a platform to be able to, to help and minister to these ladies who are coming who have already felt like their world has changed. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that was such a good point you made because whether you abort or have your baby, your world is literally going to change. That's right. It really is because, mm-hmm. you know, parenting's not easy, but the mm-hmm. other side of and the difficulty of dealing with the emotional trauma that goes with that literally changes your life. And to a lot of women, it it goes throughout their life Mm. and affects so many of the decisions, even into the future marriages or whatever that may be. So I think that, again, a lot of it is by what we do from our pulpits and how we train our leadership and what we allow people to to tolerate, to not tolerate, and to really spearhead a movement in the body of Christ to be able to help someone who who is in that predicament where they feel like there's no hope, nobody cares. We really do care. That's why we're here. Now, Mm. with that being said, we care. That's why we're here. And again, the reason why we're here is not to say, have your baby. It's not to say, get an abortion. We are here to inform you, a think tank Mm -hmm. of sorts, to give you some more information so that you can make an informed decision. And so Pastor Glover, with that being said, what would you say, you personally, to a young girl, let's say they see this show and they see you out on the street and they get up the courage to come and say, listen, I saw your show, but what would you say to me? This was a family member who did this to me and I've not told anybody. Yeah. They're thinking it's somebody out there and I'm covering them up, but it's actually a family member and it would, it would just be horrible yeah. if I revealed that this was a family member. Absolutely, yeah. So That's tough. Yeah, it very, very. The, the first thing uh, that I'd say, and, and it is a reality, that shame is not yours. Mm. That's good. That shame is not yours. And, and, and any, any space, what happens in the wake of devastation, the enemy will use and find a crack of entry. And the first entry is the story that you tell yourself. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and the way that he uh, will... No, invoke. you can't just skip over yeah, that. That's, that was too powerful. that's deep. The story you tell yourself. The story that you, t- what, that you tell yourself. What? what? That, that, the, the, the one that I'm somehow diminished in value, that I have to carry this, the one that, that, the, one that the enemy blames you. Mm. He blames you for the way you dressed. He blamed you for the way wow. that you were playful and you were innocent and you were, you were literally a, a child sitting on, on his lap. You, you, the, the fact that you, he blames you for trusting. He blamed, how could you not have known? You know, and, and, and he lies because he's the accuser. Yeah. Right. So the accuser accuses you. 
Yes. And, and when and we to, say the enemy, we're talking about the devil. Yes, yes, the, yes, the devil. Yeah, yes. The devil talks yes, to the, us. The, the accuser uh, of the brethren, the, the devil, the, 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 hmm. the enemy of, of, of God, the enemy of your life, the enemy of us, uh, will, will tell you the story that, that this is your fault, that you shouldn't have played so hard, you shouldn't have trusted, you trusted, your, your judgment was poor, you know, and, 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 and so to believe that lie and to diminish your value, the truth is that the story, and many people, rape victims, want to protect the story. A lot of one, one, one woman, I said, because the enemy, the enemy distorted. I heard one woman say that abortion is an act of love. Wow! Because the enemy perverted what it what it meant to protect, keeping the baby. The story then becomes the act of love. The wow. story, the, the story that I that I loved you enough. I yeah. loved you enough to want you to, to. By the time when you're born, somebody wanted you. Somebody assigned value, somebody assigned hope and belief in you. And, and the mm. one, the one who planned parenthood, <laughs> the one who plans parenthood. I love it. Called you, created you, molded us, shaped us. And, 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 and he assigned tremendous value to you. So your story is one of love, one of victory, one of one of uh, overcoming something that that somebody else's failure. Yeah. You know, um, so the, so the first thing is to not let the enemy strip your value, um, inflict blame, guilt, shame. Don't own anything that God didn't give to you. Um, again, tell yourself a true story and do not embrace the story, um, the lie of the enemy that would diminish you um, in any kind of way. That's oh, good. how rich yeah. is that? Yeah. Now, we're gonna go to a break, but before, before we go to break, I, I have to say, that I don't know if you all know this, but your hearts are really, really, really being put out there. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciate what I'm hearing because I can tell it's coming from your heart, not from your head. Right. So when we come back for our last segment of the show, we want to discuss how we would actually respond to those of you who find yourself in a position where I'm pregnant and I really don't know what to do. We want to share our hearts with you. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Fox and Friends. The state of Pennsylvania is leading in support for pregnant women with a nonprofit organization offering services to help future mothers from the moment of conception up to 12 months after the child is born. Joining us now is president and founding CEO of Real Alternatives, Kevin Bagata. Kevin, thanks for joining us. This is different than what we've seen private pro-life organizations do all kinds of good work since Roe versus Wade, um, that decision legalized abortion. But this is a state-funded program. It's different. Yeah, we, we started this in Pennsylvania 27 years ago. Uh, the, the National Right to Life Affiliate and the Catholic Conference asked Governor Casey uh, to put funding so uh, pregnancy centers, adoption agencies, maternity homes, and Catholic charities could serve more women so they didn't need to choose abortion. And that's what our mandate is. And uh, he spoke at uh, our first uh, banquet and he said, our business is to fight the poison of hopelessness right. with love. And that's really what the program is about. Yeah, I mean, who knew that we still had maternity homes out there? I mean, I didn't know that until I heard about this program. So um, interesting stuff. 
the women, the girls who come to real alternatives are under a lot of stress. And it's not just financial. Many of them are being pressured by their parents or their boyfriends to have an abortion. Tell me what your the counselors that are funded by your by this state organization do for these women. Sure. So we like I said, we have Catholic charities, maternity homes, pregnancy centers and adoption agencies. And we have about 400 counselors at any one time in Pennsylvania uh, uh, open and and, and reaching out to these women. The, the, the first and most important thing they do is listen. Mm. Listen and meet her where she is. Ask her what the stresses are, what's, what her pressures are, and then we help her help herself work around those pressures. So let's say the worst case client where uh, the boyfriend kicks her out of the apartment if she doesn't have the abortion. Well, we have maternity homes for that. I mean, what could be worse than, than a woman in an unexpected pregnancy? Yeah, these are terrible just, situations people find themselves in. Just, well, it's interesting because, you know, we see Roe versus Wade overturned. There's going to be, you know, about half of the states choosing to ban abortion. And that means these states need to step up. And that's the example that Pennsylvania is showing the rest of the states, right? Absolutely. We actually also run the Indiana program, very successful program. We've served 337,000 women in Pennsylvania, 92,000 women uh, in Indiana. We've helped 12 other states to start programs. And we need, obviously, to help more and build capacity so women feel empowered for life. That's our motto, to feel empowered for life. And other people can help them. Yeah, there's nothing more brave than overcoming that judgment and that fear and embracing life. Um, I think what you guys are doing is quite incredible. I think the biggest lie being told in this abortion debate is that a woman has to choose between her dreams and her baby. No, she doesn't have to do that. In fact, if anything, the, the dreams will be delayed. I, I have to share this story. You know, I, I was getting a slice of pizza and the guy behind the, 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 the counter was, was asking me what I did. And, and uh, as I was telling him what Real Alternatives did, that we fund these centers with, with state funding, uh, this young man, this 18-year-old, passed me a slice. And the dad ended up telling me that he went to our local centers 18 years ago. So here's a young man working getting ready to go to college with his dad. And and that's what America's about. We help people. We solve problems. And that's what this program represents. It's the most controversial issue of our day. And we provide a positive approach. And that's what we're meant to do. Yeah. Women are not clamoring for abortion. I think they're clamoring for love and support. And for men to step up, but also our state governments have a role as well as the private sector. Kevin, you're doing amazing work and setting a great example. I hope other states look at what you're doing and offer women that love and support like your counselors do. Well, check us out at Real Alternatives and we can help. Thank you. Kevin Bagata, Real Alternatives. Thank you for joining us. When the test confirmed that your life had begun, I felt scared, overwhelmed, and alone. So many unknowns, I couldn't see my way through. Like, how would I ever give you a home? I'd been told that I was the one who could choose to end what had barely begun. But the quietest whisper nudged me to have faith, to face the unknowns, one by one. I'm sorry my initial reaction wasn't pure joy. I didn't know how I'd provide all you need. 
My life to this point had been all about me. Would I be able to help you thrive and succeed? But what I know now and didn't know then is how wonderful unknowns can be. Like how unexpectedly special those moments are as I study your face and you study me. The way your smile took my breath away surprised me too, and how much I could love you through all my fear. Now the mountains we faced that seemed impossible at first have become milestones we celebrate and hold dear. You're precious, my child. You light up my life, and I'm thankful for choosing you over me. For you are so much more than I ever expected, an unplanned, yet perfect blessing to receive. Welcome back to The Pastors. I'm Pastor Shane Wall. I'm here with Pastor Brian, Pastor Nikki, and Pastor Glover. And we're going to simply share our hearts with you because we know it's not easy. And Pastor Brian, I want you to uh, kind of talk about the fact that there are some who have already decided to have their baby. And it's not easy right. being a single mom. And here we are, four men. You know, like, what do you know about being a single mom? Right. What do you know about even having an abortion? You know, uh, there. I, I don't want to get into it. I want you to talk about it. Well, I think that the level of responsibility of raising a child is huge. It is. You know, there's no way around it. Um, and I think to a single mom, and I know quite a few single moms um, that have felt not only betrayal through the process of why they're a single mom, whether it's a, a husband that has left or a divorce that took place or for whatever reason, right. you know, uh, the dad's not there. And so the blunt of that responsibility sits on the shoulders of that single mom. Mm. And I think that one thing that we can do as as a group of believers as friends as family is to help relieve some of that and that could that because i really believe that 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 is one of the loneliest positions and places being a single mom to answer all the questions to provide everything to um, to be there through the whole process of that child growing into adulthood and to be mom and dad in a sense so the importance of community, which we discussed earlier, is to be able to speak into the life of that child and that mom, to be able to come along beside um, financial help. It can be babysitting, which is a huge deal. It could, it could be just helping provide the, the necessary things for that mom to where she doesn't feel like she's having to shoulder the full weight and the responsibility. Anything that will relieve her stress. Absolutely. Anything. Absolutely. Wow, wow, wow. I, I like what you said because the way I see it is like, I'm not you, but I'm here for right. you. Mm -hmm. I, 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 Which is what our responsibility as yeah. the body should be. That's beautiful, yeah, man. Yeah. And so I want to say that just from my heart before Pastor Nikki uh, responds. We're not you, but we are here for you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk more about that before we close. And if you're watching and you say, I'm not pregnant, 
I don't think I'll get pregnant. I'm a man, actually. It doesn't even matter. Every one of us can say, listen, I'm not you, but I'm here for you. Pastor Nikki. Yeah. Well, I think maybe Glover, you respond and then I'll, I'll respond. <laughs> Pastor Nikki <laughs> loves to summarize everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, uh, Brian's wife, Kathy, spoke earlier to restoring trust and even gaining trust and winning and winning trust and I think uh, there's a of those who of are those pregnant. who oh, oh, yeah of, of those who who became pregnant in a, in a way that was that was ugly through right. rape right you know um, and those who just didn't plan on it but uh, she was speaking specifically to to the rape situation but many that that just didn't plan on it and they and they felt like. Even becoming pregnant is some is something of a violation, mm. you know. Even, mm. even the fact that 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 I didn't um, that my pro-choice view didn't align with my initial choice, you know, that there was an inconsistency there. I think you know, uh, for for those that that take that uh, attitude, that you know, if they uh, that that hold the position of, of pro-choice, you know, my my challenge, I guess, would, would be to consider consider the choice. Always consider the choice. If right. the choice is I don't want to have a child, then to make also decisions that align with that choice right. consistently, um, you know, which doesn't speak to what, what, what we were talking about with, with the rape situation, of course. Mm. But um, I think globally as, as, a, as a community, as the body of Christ, as family of women, um, as friends of women, as brother of, of women, um, that that there, there is a, um, a, a broken trust in this system and, and people don't want to bring something that's permanent into a brokenness, into mm, a broken system. Wow. And, 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 and so <laughs> the idea is so frightening and so terrifying that you say, I, I don't want to bring life into, into brokenness. I will do the child a favor yeah. of, you know, of not, not allowing him to experience this. So, so, um, you know, the kingdom has a tremendous job to do of, of really, um, and the world has a tremendous job to do of, of loving like Christ. You know, uh, again, I can't think of any greater um, system than, than to love as Christ love. Um, you know, I, I know that sounds like an oversimplification to so many people, um, but, but to love in that way, um, a love that considers others a love that is sacrificing, a love that, that, that hopes and believes and endures. And that's really the only thing that is love. Yeah, It, right. it can't yeah. be outside yeah. of that. Right. That yeah. is love. You know, and, and so because this conversation has been relegated to so many over, oversimplifications anyway in language, you know, you, yeah. are you pro-choice? It's oversimplification. Are you pro-life? You know, all of these are, are oversimplification of, of something that's a really uh, um, a discussion Yes. Um, and, 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 a, and a beautiful challenge of, of a love expression that is kingdom, you know, to, to, to be the ointment that, that heals and provides even a space and sanctuary that says, I will, I believe enough in this to, to, to at least give love, give the love of God a shot, to give this community a shot. You know, I, I would say to women, before you, um, before you seek termination, you know, give, give the family of God, give, give, give the love of God an opportunity, family, yeah, a, an opportunity to, uh, to at least allow you to, 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 to touch your heart, to see things in another way, perhaps. Wonderful. 
Pastor Nikki. Yeah. I think, wow, where he ended, let me just say, I, I just, what clicked in my mind when he said like that, the give the family of God a chance. And of course, we look at that as a church. And so maybe, let me, let me give you a response from the church to you, hmm. you know. Uh, you know, the Bible says it's Jesus who's building his church. Right. And the Bible says in, in the book of Matthew chapter 28, it says, go into all the world and preach the good news, preach the gospel. gospel. Yeah. That word preach means to give voice to the good news. And when I study the scriptures, the responsibility of the church lies in this, what I call four voices. Number one is what I call the redemptive voice. You might say, what does redemptive mean? It means to bring back and restore. Right. To bring back and restore. And so I wanna say to you, listen, hey, Whatever is going on in your life, whatever has happened in your life, whatever choices you made, the heart of the church is this, to bring you back and restore in a right relationship yes. with God. Yeah. Not to judge you, not to push you to the side, but to bring you back and restore you with a joyful relationship with God. Yes. The second purpose of the church is to have a, what I call a prophetic voice. What is a prophetic voice? That means it's a life giving. That means God has something to say to you that will bring life into you. Mm. And, and so I believe that the church, hey listen, you can trust the church. You can go and find people who will speak on behalf of God, who will bring life into wow. right. your being. Wow. You wow. Know? Mm. The third responsibility of the church is to have a moral voice. And what a moral voice means is that, hey, is there a way to do this right? Mm. You know, just because you have a right thing you want to do, it still has to be done in a right way. And I believe that we can provide resources, we can provide uh, instruction, biblical education in how to do something right. How to do something properly in a way that is life, of course, giving. And the fourth thing is what we call a humanitarian voice. The Bible says, of course, feed the hungry. The Bible right. says, we don't have a place to stay, you know, give a place to stay. In the same way, of course, we're dealing with this whole issue. There is a, some natural things we can do. That's yeah. right. From things like whether, whatever it is, you know, uh, to find a place for you to stay, to, to have a company of people who can live with, whether you are in a wrong kind of environment, wrong kind of people. You so say, I've never had anybody to support. I don't have a family that believes in me. Well. You can find people uh, in church <laughs> in the, that are changed and transformed by God who will show the love of Jesus and offer practical things like some of the things that we talked about, even yeah, whether it's, right. you know, hey, I, I might not have the money to raise this child. I might not, I can't afford to buy the diapers. Can't afford. Listen, I think the church can help. That's yeah. right. right. I think the church can help. And so, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when we saw it on the news, uh, the whole abortion thing uh, turned over. The thing that I had in my spirit was this. Now there are so many babies going to live. Right. You know, so with all the things that we did, maybe since against about whatever it is, but are we willing to put the same effort right. for those babies that are going to be born? You know, would we provide the resources? Would we say, you know what? Hey, if nobody wants them, because one of the biggest question of abortion is not so much that the baby should not be born, but they don't want it. Right. Will there be Christian right. people who will say, hey, you know what? I'll take responsibility. I'll adopt. Responsibility. I will adopt. Responsibility. Right. I will responsibility. help raise. I will do this. These are things that we need to mm. really respond to. Wow. And more importantly, we need to realize that we are doing not because we like or dislike. We are doing something because God called us to right. do it. God called us to do it. That 
is important. That is so important. If you're going to say that you are pro-life, when there is life, when these young girls or, or women, when they have these babies, what are you going to do? If you're going to support pro-life, support that life. Yeah, man. That is right. a life right, right there that needs to be supported. Thank y'all for sharing from your hearts. Uh, we're, we're almost out of time, but I, I, I just want to ask, I want to ask Pastor Glove, if you would, just pray, briefly pray, not just for the young girls, but for the support yeah. that they are going to need. Yeah. And again, women in general. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mighty God, we thank you, Lord God, for, for your perfection, for your wisdom, O oh God, um, that you're almighty, mighty God, and that your love extends, mighty, mighty God, toward all of your sons and daughters, Lord. We ask right now that you touch hearts, mighty God, that you touch minds for us often, Lord God, as our minds are, are renewed, Lord God. We yes. are transformed, mighty God. So I thank you, Lord God, for a transformation comes. Hopefully, Lord God, that, that minds be renewed, that hearts be renewed, mighty God. And Lord, that, that, that above all, that we be healed, made whole, Lord God, set free in a way, mighty God, that your love, that hope, mighty God, invade hearts, mighty God, that all fear is driven out, Lord God, that peace and heart peace and soul peace, mighty God, come to all those that are sharing this time with us, O oh God. Let your Thank Holy you, Spirit rest, rule, abide, empower, heal, Lord God, mend and fix what is broken. Yes, I say to everyone watching, be made whole Jesus. in the name of in Jesus, Jesus the Christ. Amen, amen, amen. 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 We'll be back after this. Heartbeat International's Life Launch Grant was designed to intentionally inspire a new season of growth for pregnancy help centers in underserved and targeted communities. These areas are in need of more life-saving outreach as an alternative to big abortion. We are here to help startups open their doors and advance pregnancy help to new communities in the U.S. Life Launch is catalyzing local interest in accelerating new center and location startups. In 2019, the first year of the Life Launch Grant Program, we were able to accept our first six recipients. And in 2020, seven of our recipients were able to keep their doors open, while another seven were able to open their doors for the first time. One of those centers was Zoe Care, located in Yankton, South Dakota. What would God do if we had a pregnancy center in Yankton? I'm, I'm too busy, I don't have the right experience or background. Several months later to say yes, I think I could lead this pregnancy center if this is what God is really calling me to do. And shortly after, I found the Life Launch Grant Center online. I applied that afternoon and after lots of interviews, she called and said yes, we had been accepted into the Life Launch Grant program. If ever there was a time for our services, the time was now and the need was great. So how does the process work? Qualified candidates, as determined by our initial qualification assessment, are invited to apply for the Pregnancy Center Life Launch Grant, which follows a matching grant format. Qualified Life Launch candidates will initially be considered for $10,000 in in-kind training and practical resources to help the center go further, faster. Additionally, Life Launch candidates who have been accepted as full recipients may also be considered for operational grant opportunities. 
new centers receive the support they need to prepare them to launch faster with a firm foundation so they can minister to abortion-vulnerable women in their hometown. Stronger foundations translate to stronger and sustained impact sooner, resulting in serving more clients more quickly with more positive outcomes. Heartbeat is dedicated to serving all pregnancy help organizations. The startup centers who are not eligible for the Life Launch grant can still be a part of the Life Launch program and receive select resources and support. The Life Launch program here with Heartbeat International has really empowered me by giving me so many tools that I, I would have gone probably forever to find to do what God has called me to do in the community of South, South Phoenix. Life Launch has given me the tools and resources to really understand the importance um, of what needs to be done before opening and then what can you know slightly be worked on after opening. Um, they have elevated me to a professional level in the community where the minute people are learning about us, researching about us, they respect us immediately, even though we are a brand new organization because of the professional quality of the services that Life Launch is providing. The Life Launch grant program changes lives, bringing life options to communities that had gone without life-affirming pregnancy options for women. It takes $47,000 to launch a center, including proven and essential heartbeat resources and tools, ongoing coaching for three years, and matching grants, totaling $20,000. As communities invest in a new center, the Life Launch program helps them launch sooner so they can answer desperate cries for help from pregnant women in their communities. Post Row, we must start new centers in high-need communities to provide life-saving services to moms and babies. With Roe gone and the state's deciding, we have an incredible opportunity to be there for women in crisis. Whether you're in a large city or a small town, actionable steps have been taken to provide support for you. You are not alone. And speaking of not being alone, if you're there and you don't know Jesus, or either you did know Jesus and you want to come back to him, just briefly pray with me. I would love the opportunity to just simply say, Father, I know Jesus died for me and you raised him from the dead. Raise me now from all of my sins. Forgive me. Come into my life, Lord Jesus and live your life through me so I can please the Father. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. God bless Amen. you. Amen. Please find a wonderful church community to surround you and to love you. And now, from the pastors, we all love you so mm. much. God bless you mm -hmm. and your family. Until the next time. God, right. God bless you. All right, all right, all right. Amen.